TNC Original African Stories Listener discretion is advised as this podcast may contain violence or strong language. Previously on Ashoibi. Mazino right. Shebi, you want to see my madness. You will now tell me why you are following me around. Why on earth will you think I'm following you around? <sighs> Anita, oh, who are you going to beat? Bami, I beg. I'm in the middle of something. My office is open. Go and wait for me. Calm down. I have brilliant news. I came to take you to get some food since you've been here since four. Oh, and on a completely irrelevant note, my promotion fell through. Oh, Bam Bam, I'm so proud of you. Uh-uh. Where's your babe? What? The new girl. Isn't she why we haven't seen your brake lights in the recent weeks? Oh, her. <laughs> She's okay. I love Jay, for Christ's sake. Jay, he's your boss. You shouldn't have done that. Henceforth, the only reason you know me is because I'm your boss's wife. No more past, no more mini. She looked over her shoulder and caught his confused eyes. Mr. Wright, I am married and happy. It was 9.10 a.m. when the taxi stopped at the gates of the Guadebo mansion. Moini had not slept through the flight, and the place she had run to for solace had become a deep blue sea of tumultuous emotions that she had decided to return to the devil that was her home earlier than planned. As she stepped out of the taxi into the compound, she felt a strong sense of belonging, a homecoming of sorts. She had not realized it, but she had missed her home. She contained the tired yawn in her mouth with the back of her left hand and began to yearn for the hours of sleep she was about to enjoy on the bed that knew her well. Ah, madame, you don't return. Welcome, eh? She heard behind her just before she turned the key in the locks of the house's metal door. She turned to find her gate man smiling excitedly and attempting to relieve her of her luggage. Jeda, so this is how you leave the gate open and go your way, Abby. It seems like you're getting too big for this gate, oh. Perhaps I should have a word with your guy this evening. She snatched the bag from his hand and opened the door before making her way into the house with Jeda almost walking on the back of her feet. Ah, Oga? Madame, I beg no best. Eh? Na shit, I go shit, Madame, I beg no best. The way this thing take hook me, I, I just forget myself. Eh, Madame, no best, I beg. He bowed repeatedly as if dancing to rhythm. Moini shook her head and laughed as he continued to ramble behind her. She entered into the living room, dropped her bag on the carpet and flung herself on the white leather sofa, her legs above the ground. Your wahala plenty, you, Jeda. They do like pissing with sense, I beg. She pulled out her phone from the side of her black leather tote and switched it on after days of inactivity. He was now standing still, head bowed with his hands locked behind him. Please go and man that gate and call Sunday for me. I'll deal with your issue later. Moini threw her head back and rubbed her temples for the upteenth time. Unwanted memories were beginning to saunter into her mind's eye and she needed to dispel them and prevent them from following her into her dreams like they had done the previous night. She could not help but blame Jayola for the chaos that had become part of her insides. However, a part of her was rotting with guilt and she managed to convince herself in firm whispers that her little stunt had put her in a position where she had to let go of the baseless convictions she had about Jayola's unfaithfulness. Madam, Sunday's voice interrupted the thoughts that were starting to slowly rock her to sleep. 
She opened her eyes in a hurry and sat up. Welcome, ma. Oga says we are returning tomorrow. Yes, I was supposed to. Did he have breakfast? No, ma. Okay. Do we have soup? Banga soup, ma. Okay, please make pounded yam. I want to take some to him later in the day, all right? Just as she dismissed him, she felt her phone vibrate under her thighs. She reached for it with her hand and pulled it out in time to catch the pop-up text message from an unfamiliar number. Hesitant, she unlocked the phone and opened the message. Yes, 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 yes! Oh my god, yes! She exclaimed vigorously as she scanned the message again. It was just what she needed, productive distraction. It was one of the first applications she made when she was brave enough to start the secretive process of job hunting. <laughs> she squealed again and decided to share her excitement with Anita. She had missed talking to her friend and confidant. She ran her eyes over the text of the message one last time when she caught a piece that she had ignored before. She paused, her breathing still as if any sudden moment will interfere with her sight. She returned to the phone's home screen and panicked slightly as she searched for the date. Friday, 16th March. Her eyes moved swiftly to the time. 10.02 a.m. Sleep-deprived and panicked, she sighed and dialed her brother's number. Hello, Jay. Not Jay, Nathaniel. See, when you finally become a priest, we can start calling you Father Nathaniel. But for now, you're still our Jay. <laughs> this woman. This man. When will you learn? Please, don't be answering your phone when you're driving. Anyway, something has come up, so I won't be home when you get into like this afternoon. Oh, really? What's up? I'll tell you later. Okay. Yes, so Sunday will wait for you in the main house, and I'll let you in when you get here. No, Allah. See you in the evening. Over at Anita's house, there seemed to be subtle tension between her and her visitor. Bami! Anita snapped and stood over a disinterested Bami. Don't piss me off, please. I'm trying to explain stuff to you and you're using me to do what? Candy crush? Really? She stared at the blank expression on his face as he sunk his back into the welcoming comfort of her custom-made sofa, throwing his head up and removing his gaze from her sweaty post-workout body. Her calming heart rate was starting to work itself up again as she struggled to prevent herself from lashing out at him and throwing him out of her house. She sighed and sat on the arm of the sofa beside him. Look, Bami, I'm just looking out for you. This thing won't end well. You can't be rendezvousing with a mad person and not expect her to bite you one day now. Her hand was now resting on his right thigh. He placed his hand behind his head, looked at her, and burst into a laughter that irritated her nerves. <laughs> so, because you showed me a couple of threats that she sent you, she has suddenly become a mad woman? Uh-uh, have I been talking to myself? Bami, she crashed a family function and embarrassed me in front of everybody. I mean, you were the first person I spoke to after I managed to escape that place, so you know. You know I was so sure it was one of Charles's holes and... And what does that make you? Bami, what's that supposed to mean? He sat up, leaned forward, and rested his elbows on his knees, bowed his head, and looked back up at her almost immediately. Is he your friend? No. Were you too exclusive? No. But you were shacking up on the regular and putting up with whatever rubbish he had to dish out to you. So I'm asking you now, Anita, what does that make you? Her lips parted slightly to put words to her confusion. Where is this coming from? They were meant to leave her mouth as harsh anger, capable of bouncing off the cream walls of her living room and reverberating into both their ears. But when they reached her ears, 
they sounded like the defeated whisper of a bullied toddler. I really like to say that this is because since you started hooking up with that jerk, I've watched you misbehave and do things that you swore never to do. I really would. But no, Anita, I'm ticked off. Anita, I've known you for what? Forever? I've seen you at your worst days and I've stuck by you through whatever. People would even say I dashed you my mumu button. He looked away and continued. Anita, you know how I feel about you. Heck, the world knows how I feel. And if I was unsure all these years, that slap on Valentine's Day told me in very clear words how you feel about me. And the moment I tried to move on, you strut in on your I know what's best for Bami horse to what? To what did you say again? Forbid, was it? To forbid me from seeing the girl that felt threatened by you and was proactive about it? He forced a sarcastic laughter as he shook his head and got up. He picked up his keys from the round glass top coffee table and began to make his way to the door without even as much as the urge to glance back at her. He had not realized how uncomfortable he was until he stood up. His fingers were twitching and he rolled his right hand into a fist. Bami dollar bad moss! Anita yelled as loud as her lungs let her after she found her voice. He paused just as his left foot was about to join the right one outside the house. She opened her mouth to speak again when the sharp sound of her metal door hitting its frame with a force typical to only angry men caused her to jump a little. She was not sure what it was that kept her mouth open, the way he spoke to her or the fact that in the many years of their friendship, this was the first time he had walked out on her. Her eyes felt warm as the heat that was trapped inside her head. And for the first time since she could remember, she felt anger that caused her to remain silent. Her tear-filled eyes were still glued to the door when she heard music coming from her phone in the pocket of her sweatpants. Reluctantly, she pulled out the phone and responded immediately when she saw it was the hospital. Good afternoon, doctor. Afternoon. What's the problem? Mr. Awazi is here again and he wants to speak with you. He says it's urgent. She sighed and to her surprise felt a faint smile form across her face. She needed to brighten her mood before she had to resume her shift at the hospital in the evening. Moini was supposedly somewhere in Abuja and there was no one else around to lift her spirits. Against her better judgment, she asked for the receptionist to put Ladi through to her. Dr. Anita. Mr. Avazi, I thought I asked you to not come by the hospital again to ask me to lunch. I'm a man of my words. I told you on Monday, I'll be here every single day of the week. Every single day. And uh, I didn't ask for your permission before I made that decision. She smiled involuntarily and replied, Fine. You want to talk, Abby? Meet me at the Palms in an hour. Cafe Vegnano. And don't even keep me waiting. Moini mopped lightly at her lips with the white piece of tissue as she laughed at another of Mr. Nadi's jokes. She was a walking capsule of nerves when she arrived at the cafe five minutes before the appointed time to find the man already waiting. He looked younger than she had imagined, and initially, she had found his unconventional, casual attitude intimidating. She soon relaxed into his company, and she could not remember the last interview she had enjoyed as much. She was about to give him her brilliantly prepared answer to his question about her long-term goals when her eyes wandered for less than a second and caught a familiar figure at the end of the other room. I like to think of the future as today. She began speaking to the attentive man opposite her as her eyes frequently glanced at the far end of the cafe. She watched as a woman who had entered the cafe walked in the direction of the familiar figure. And that was when she saw her husband's face. The woman wrapped herself in his embrace and planted a kiss on his right cheek. 
Moini's feet began to tap themselves violently on the ground. Yes, go on, Moini. Miss Anadi cajoled, soaking in every word she struggled to coherently produce. She paused, the brilliance in her head now replaced with violent thoughts and fire. Her gaze was now fixed on the table where Jayola and the woman were now seated. She tapped her fingers on the table and clenched her teeth. Her chiffon blouse now seemed like it had trapped all the heat from the sun outside. Mrs. Bedibo, is everything all right? She turned to him sharply like a possessed soul and began in a whisper. Mr. Nadi, are you wasting my time? After this interview, are you just going to comment about how much prospects you think I have, but you will not give me the job until I perform some ritual like sleeping with you? The sound of her pounding heart prevented her from hearing the words that were leaving her mouth. Mr. Nadi opened his mouth to speak through the confusion written on his face, but she pushed her chair back and sprung to her feet, allowing them to carry her directly across the cafe to the other end of the room. Let's go. Mo, uh-uh. what are you doing here? He asked, worried about the foreign expression on her face. Shut up. Get up and let us go, Jayolagbadebo. Her voice was now loud enough for neighboring customers to hear. Uh-uh. Madam, what's the problem? She heard the woman ask. She turned sharply to her, stared at her, and dug her nails into her palm to prevent it from rising of its own will and striking the woman's face. Mo? She removed her hand from his arm. She felt an explosion in her head and she stepped back dramatically. Mr. Jayolak Badebo, you married me, didn't you? Now I am ordering you to stand up and fucking leave. The light buzz in the cafe was now replaced by curious silence. <laughs> so women just love public attention. Laddie said to Anita as nearly all the heads in the cafe turned to find the location of the mini afternoon drama. Anita shook her head and turned in the direction of the other heads and gasped. Oh my goodness. She let herself out of her chair. That's more. No, 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 no. I don't think going there is, is, it's not a good idea at all. It's not. Laddie said, shaking his head as he pulled at the hem of her blouse. She started to reply to him but ignored him when she heard Moini yell again. Anita dragged Moini's wrist and began to drag her out of the cafe. She could see now that the activity at the tables in the restaurant had ceased. Moini freed herself from Anita's grip. Shotai looked at told Anita that her friend had snapped. Please, hurry up. People are waiting for us to leave. Mohini said with false calm as Jayola, defeated and beyond embarrassed, picked up his keys and slowly got to his feet. He looked at Anita as he made his way past her behind his wife and her eyes pleaded with him. Just as they approached the door, Mohini turned sharply and marched back to the mortified woman at the table, burying her head in her phone. She tapped her index finger on the table and leaned in. I don't know you, so I won't touch you. But your time with him is over now. I won't threaten you, but you don't want to upset me more than you already have. She saw her reflection in the woman's eyes and she shut her eyes for a couple of seconds. She tapped on the wooden table again, smiled nervously at the woman and made her way head high to the exit of the cafe, ignoring the eyes that followed even the movement of the hairs on her skin. Thanks for listening to Ashoibi, the podcast. Brought to you by The Naked Convos. Produced by 808 Extra. Theme song, Charles Onwubia, a.k.a. Beethoven. Narrated by Feifei. Voice actors, Jasper Tomomewo as Jayola. Charles Onwubia as Jay. Iloise Omoimi as Jeda. Charles Onwubia as Ladi. Eniola Keshiro as Moini. Shea Banks as Bami. Jojo Aimiegbe as Dr. Anita. Onafori Kwale as Nurse. This podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to subscribe and share.